0: Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and on this episode of our magazine format podcast, we have so much to talk about. We've got nutritionists, we've got one-minute cooking tips, and we've got entire thoughts on mindful eating. So let's get going.
1: Segment one, we are talking about mindful eating, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about mindfulness in the last couple years. There are books on it. We have a friend, Miranda Lee, who's written a book on mindfulness. It's all about paying attention to what you're doing, paying attention to everything from just your breathing to what's going on around you to how you interact with people. And we want to talk about mindfulness as it relates to food.
0: It is a giant conversation because I think a lot of us in this land of plenty that exists in the food landscape of the West for many of us and in North America for many of us and I should say before we launch into this bit about mindfulness I should just say that we are fully cognizant that we also live in a food desert we live in way too much food and way too little food 11% of US citizens skip at least mm-hmm. one meal a day mm-hmm. because they cannot afford or find the food 11 Percent that is one in ten, in fact, greater than one in ten, skip at least one meal a day. So, we don't want to look over that. But what we're talking about now is eating in the face of gigantic, big box store level abundance.
1: And it's really important to think about this because it is really easy to eat without thinking about it. It is, and it's a simple concept to wrap your brain around mindful eating. It's paying attention to your food, making it your main focus when you eat, and eating because you're hungry, not for other reasons.
0: Yeah, it's really... Part of a core way to th- rethink about food that is to eat when you're hungry and to watch what you eat. Bruce and I wrote a book a while ago called "Real Food Has Curves." It's an eight-step plan. I think eight steps, right? Eight-step plan to get off processed food, and it was kind of an early harbinger of the mindfulness movement mm-hmm. because the first step of the plan is to eat a peach. I know that sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but that is the first step of the plan, and. Then That is to sit down and actually eat it slowly and think about it as you eat it. Think about what it tastes like. Think about what it smells like. Think about what the experience of eating a good ripe peach
1: is like and to hold that experience in your brain. If that's not mindful eating, then I don't know what is. And you've heard Mark and me talk about this so much over the years with Cooking with Bruce and Mark. We talk about... Sitting down to eat rather than eating on the run. We talk about eating when you're hungry, not because you're bored. We even talk about shopping for food in better ways. To pay attention, not shop when you're hungry. <laughs> it's true. you'll buy way too much. It's true. We're all we were, part of mindful eating. We were in
0: Albany this week on the New England NPR network uh, doing a show and in Albany, New York. And we went to Whole Foods before we went to lunch. And I was shopping hungry, which meant I was just pulling things <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want this. I want this, and I kept saying to Bruce, "I want this, no arguments. I want this, no arguments." And because I think I was hungry, uh, and I I was just shopping hungry, which is ridiculous. And that means I wasn't doing it mindfully. Although I am looking forward to those sardines that I bought, but um, I was just doing <laughs> You're it without the only one. thinking. Mm, I love <laughs> sardines. I was uh, I was just doing it without thinking of it. So it's important to be mindful when you eat. It's important if you can, not to eat in the car. This is a crunch moment for many people. And remember too, part of eating in the car is not to be scolding but is that 1100 calorie coffee mocha caramel peppermint thing with the whipped cream on it that you got and is sitting in the car next to you that's part of eating in the car and are you thinking about that or is it some way to palliate nerves or exhaustion or, or deal with traffic or deal with traffic or just
1: because mm-hmm. you're hungry And you haven't gotten home yet. Right. So Mark and I want to share a few more tips about mindful eating. It'll help you enjoy your food more and have a better food experience.
0: And I want to say before we start that I do not want to come across as a scold because I do, in fact, eat potato chips in the car. (laughs) And I do, in fact, open up bags of cookies in the car. We all do. And I do go to the supermarket and come out with, I don't know, my, my mint Milanos and, you know, tear into it and set it next to me on the console uh, as I'm driving. So it's not as if I have perfected this art.
1: No, but we all know there are things we could do to make it better. Here's one other tip. Slow down. Yeah. Oh, so important. When you eat too fast, you can run right past the point where your body says, hey, I'm full. I've had enough. And you miss that physical cue. And then you just keep Overeating.
0: Yeah, it's really crucial to slow up when you eat. In fact, there's a there's a study uh, f- uh, we I believe we quote it in Real Food Has Curves that says that people who take and I know this sounds ridiculous, but people who take more than ten minutes to eat dinner. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you know what I'm, I've done it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Who take more than ten minutes to eat dinner actually in the end end up losing weight because you reach points of
1: satiety faster when you slow up. Yeah. And you enjoy your food so much more. So you get right. much more satisfaction out of right. it. Go back to that peach Mark talked about. Right. When you eat slowly, you get to taste all the complexity in your food, even if it's not something you made, even if it's something that was frozen or you took out from the takeout place. There's complexity there. There's really good stuff to be found in everything you eat. So slow down. And two, think about eating
0: not as a way to alleviate boredom. Mm -hmm. And this is a big one. Very hard. Um, Unfortunately, we live in a world in which boredom has become almost, I don't know what, it's become almost a disease. And what I mean by that disease is we are taught to palliate boredom at every second. You know, when I sit in a chair, I'm just going to use a personal example, I sit in a chair and I've been sitting there for 10 seconds and nothing has happened. And of course, I have succumbed to the modern notion of boredom. So what do I do? I grab my phone and I start doom scrolling on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram because God forbid that I should just sit in a chair for 10 seconds and not have something feeding into my
1: brain. And this works the same way with things feeding into your stomach. If you find yourself digging in the fridge in the middle of the day, you got to stop and ask yourself, are you really hungry or are you just bored? Is that refrigerator just another version of picking up your iPhone and scrolling? That's right. Now, if the answer to that is yes, you're hungry, then that's great. Find a snack. But you might just be bored, so you have to examine that. And if you're bored, you could do other things. You could go for a walk. Or watch HBO for five hours. Or or you can actually clean out that fridge that you're digging around in, those might be a better choice than eating your way through it. It is true. And
0: again, boredom has become this almost pathological response with all of us that we're bored and we need to be stimulated instantly through social media and through all kinds of mm, add-ons in our life that have happened in the postmodern world. And eating is one of them in a land of abundance. It is very easy to eat bored. So number three is you need to plan out your snacks and even your meals. Plan them out. What do you mean then? How do you plan out a snack? Well, okay, here's what I do, and this is something that i have started doing. I do get hungry mid-afternoon, and I do, you know, partly because, especially if I've been on the bike, and I've been on the rowing machine, and then I have lunch, and then about three o'clock, I'm like, mm, I'm hungry. So, I make a plan in my head. I say at three o'clock, I get blank. I get, I don't know, three crackers with some cream cheese on it. Or I get, I love these uh, crackers that we buy. What are those things? I love them. They're like
1: rye crispy crackers. Yeah, they're the, the, the rye, the light rye crisps. Yeah, not
0: saltines, but they're like the rye crisp crackers with cream cheese or an apple or even. I get at 3 o'clock a spoonful of peanut butter. Mm. It just is a way that I can tell
1: myself, hey, when you get hungry mid-afternoon, don't worry about it. You have got a plan. Yeah, and when it's planned, you're snacking not because you have nothing else to do. You're snacking because you've thought about it, because you actually put some mindfulness even into that snack. Right. And finally, what's the fourth thing? Don't make eating part of multitasking oh so So no distracted eating part of that mark talked earlier about driving don't eat while you drive don't eat in front of the tv sit down and Eat your meal at the table.
0: I know we talked about this before on this podcast, but I want to talk about it again. When Bruce's mother lost her husband, she at first was finding herself standing at the counter eating dinner, you know, right over the sink because after all, she was alone now and there was a sadness attached to it and all this kind of stuff. So Bruce had this long conversation with his mom and said, you know, listen, what you need to do is set the table. Pour yourself a glass of wine, pour yourself a glass of water, put your plate down, get a book, get your iPad to watch a show or get a book to read, make yourself dinner and sit down or put on some music that you want to listen to and make yourself dinner and have a dinner. And she does to this day. uh, She she texts Bruce the pictures of her dinner almost every night and it's always placematted affairs.
1: And what that did for her, besides allowing her to enjoy that whole process of eating, it actually helped her enjoy the process of making her dinner and of cooking. She's enjoyed cooking more in the last 10 years than she ever has in her life because there's a purpose to it. It's not just making something quickly to grab it and eat it in the car or sit in front of the TV. She's making dinner and that's really important.
0: So when we come to the end of this, slow down, don't Eat when you're bored, multitask and eat. It's plan your meals time. and snacks. Plan your meals and snacks. Again, I want to say that I am not perfect at this. I, mm-hmm. I, there's a mint Milano's in the car. There are bags of potato chips in a car. There are all kinds of ways that I sit down and doom scroll on Facebook, as we say, and eat potato chips or or corn chips. Ugh, we can't even have corn chips in the house. I'll go through the bag so fast. So, um, there's all kinds of ways that I fail at this task. It's not as if I have perfected it. It's that I would like to get better at it, and I hope that you would like to get better at it too. Before we get to our next segment of the podcast, let me say we could use a rating. Drop down to the bottom of that Apple menu or the Google menu. You can't on Spotify and other platforms, but lots of ways you can drop us a rating, and you can find us in our Facebook group, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Check us out there. And hey, while you're at it, Look up our YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark. See, it's all called Cooking with Bruce and Mark. And you can find all kinds of videos, even videos about our new upcoming book. Okay, segment two, our one-minute cooking tip. What is it, Mark? Okay, it's one that I don't actually know. Um, (laughs) That I'm going to tell you this. Remember that I'm the chef and Mark's the writer. I don't practice this. And that is a vegetable peeler goes both ways. You have bisexual veg- vegetable <laughs> peelers. Um, a vegetable peeler goes both ways.
1: There's a cutting edge on the top and bottom of the peeler, so most people like pick up a carrot and peel it, pushing away from them. That's what I do. But if you keep the peeler on the carrot, you could peel it going down and up. I know. Towards you, it peels in both directions. And Bruce has told me this is a chef
0: a million times, and I still pick up a carrot or a potato and I go in one direction, and I don't know why. It's it's like it's programmed into my head. And I look down at the vegetable peeler, and I. I can see it's got a blade in both directions. So if
1: you peel it going down and back up, you'll be done in half the time. Now,
0: I have to say that this goes back to the last podcast. When you come up, one of the reasons some of us don't want to come back up is for cutting ourselves. So last podcast, we talked about using a cut-proof glove. Maybe this is a time that you should try Yep, that,
1: that was uh, the one-minute cooking from last time. So put that glove on and use your vegetable peeler up and down.
0: Okay, segment three, up next, Bruce's interview with nutritionist Jessica Ball, more information about the way to eat to keep yourself healthy.
1: So talking to Jessica Ball, Jessica is a registered dietitian and an associate nutrition digital editor at Eating Well. Her work focuses on accessible, budget-friendly, healthy eating tips that won't overhaul your life while working in sustainability whenever she can. Welcome, Jessica. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
1: So earlier in this episode, uh, Mark and I were talking about mindful eating, you know, as a way of not overeating and eating better. But as a nutritionist, I'm sure you have a bigger picture of how mindful eating can play a role in overall better eating.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Basically, the core tenets of mindful eating are that no foods are considered inherently good or bad. So any food can fit into a healthy eating pattern. It's just about when and how much and how you incorporate it. So if you really restrict a food because you think of it as bad, eventually you will binge on it probably, especially if it's something that you enjoy. And then the binging will lead to shame, which leads to restriction which leads to binging. And so it's a cycle that people can get in. That's a really great way to have a really unhealthy relationship with specific kinds of food. And when you eat foods mindfully, you're much less likely to binge or mindlessly eat um, and overeat. So that's something that people definitely want to avoid. That I guess that's kind of how we talk about mindful eating.
1: So I love that you said that nothing is forbidden. I mean, Mark and I are true believers that snacks and desserts have a place in healthy eating. I think you also have some really cool ideas on ways that you could snack in unexpected ways.
2: There's so much more to food than nutrients. So when you eat, you can be doing it for cultural reasons, for social reasons, for an event, like you shouldn't feel the need to micromanage your diet so strictly like a lot of other dietary approaches do. Um, So that's one reason I really love mindful eating. Um, But as far as fitting in like snacks or a glass of wine or a beer when you want. that definitely can fit into a healthy eating pattern. It's just more about like really enjoying it and being conscious when you're having those foods, because if instead of eating them in front of the TV or just having so much that you're not even really thinking about it anymore, like really trying to be present in the moment and savor every sip or bite is a really great way to like keep yourself in check when having those treats, we'll say. Another thing that I will usually do, especially because I am on a budget is Trying to make things from scratch when I can. So, making crumble with sliced apples that I already have and some oats and all of that is a great way to like cut out some of the additives that you get from store bought food. It can also save you a bit of money if you rely on just like budget friendly staples. So, those are some things that I think about when I look forward to desserts or like a glass of wine with dinner, which also in moderation can provide some health benefits um, from the relaxation and otherwise, so. <laughs>
1: I love that wine is nutritious.
2: To a, to a point, yes, it is.
1: <laughs> so you've written a number of pieces about eating better on a budget. So I wanna talk a little bit about that. Do you have any pointers for people who are say low in cash, but still looking to get three squares a day?
2: My first and biggest takeaway for people is to make a plan. Instead of just going into the grocery store, riffing on what you think you might need to sit down before you go and actually make a shopping list. So this doesn't mean you have to be a super strict meal planner and have every single meal and snack planned out, but I always will make plans for my dinners. Um, And this doesn't mean making dinner every night, but it does mean recognizing I'm making something and I'll have leftovers for the following day or for lunch the next day. And I like to give myself at least a few days of wiggle room for like spontaneity if I go out to eat with friends or if I just feel I'm feeling like takeout because I got caught up and then also just having a few go to breakfasts and lunches um, that kind of rely on more budget friendly staples like oats or eggs or peanut butter. That's my biggest takeaway. I also would say that storing foods correctly can help you cut down on food waste and help them last longer. So I buy like a lot of frozen berries and stuff like that. Obviously those are pretty straightforward to store, but things like herbs and leafy greens or things that are notoriously go bad very quickly. When you store them correctly, you can kind of extend their shelf life and then you can make the most of the more like nutritious foods that you buy that have a little bit of a higher price point. Um, and I touched on this a little bit when I was talking about snacks and desserts, but I I personally love to cook, but I try and make things from scratch when I can. I know this isn't accessible for everyone, but like I make my own bread just because then I can have fresh baked bread for the price of flour, which is obsolete compared to like artisan bread from the grocery store.
1: Yeah, and now that that yeast is available again since we had that shortage at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, Making bread is a great thing. If you could do it, you know, you talked a lot about this food waste. It's really funny. Mark and I had an episode two weeks ago, all about food waste and everything you're saying is so dead on with what we were talking about, that it, it is all about saving money as well as saving the environment. And I also think that you're bringing up eggs and peanut butter and oats as three staples in the house. You can always make meals out of those and you can make interesting meals out of those. And if you have a few of these things in the freezer that you're talking about, even fresh herbs that you sort of weigh, you can make a fabulous omelet. You can make an interesting sandwich. There's always something to be done with that.
2: That's one thing I've prided myself in as I have been working from home because I have a little more flexibility, but getting really creative with your leftovers. Like I wrote an article recently on five creative ways to turn last night's dinner into breakfast tomorrow um, beyond just, you know, frying an egg and throwing it on it, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. I do that all the time. Um, but there's plenty of ways you can make something that's really enjoyable. Like even thinking about fried rice with leftover grains or vegetables, things like that, where it can be really enjoyable and you don't have to go to the grocery store for anything extra. Um, once you build out your pantry, you have like the world is your oyster when it comes to cooking. And one point I want to make alongside that is that canned and frozen foods last much longer than a lot of their fresh counterparts. And in terms of frozen fruits and vegetables, they are just as nutritious because they're picked at peak ripeness and then flash frozen to preserve that nutrition. So that's something that I lean on really heavily. And also like canned fish and things like that, like fresh fish has a very high price point and I couldn't eat it very often. It's also very nutritious. So like canned tuna, canned sardines and salmon, I lean on those a lot for quick lunches.
1: Everyone's lifestyle is different. Everyone's diet is different. Everyone's taste and palate is a little different. So how about some basic rules of thumb for people really starting to think about how they want to eat that they can riff from?
2: I guess the one thing that I would encourage people to think about when they're trying to eat healthy, but if they're on a budget or they're just getting started is to focus more on what you can add versus what you can subtract. So thinking about places you can add in vegetables to foods that you already eat or add in fruits along with your breakfast or on the side or even a side salad with your dinner. Those are vegetables that you wouldn't have been getting in or nutrients that you wouldn't have been getting in otherwise. And it also kind of breaks away from that restrictive dieting mentality where it's like, oh, I can't have this because it's not healthy. Like that's not a way to foster a really healthy, lasting relationship with food um, that will lead to like your healthiest outcomes for your body and for your mind. So thinking about ways that you can add value to the things you already eat, add nutrients to the things you already eat in ways that you enjoy that, and then making a plan. I'll be a broken record with that, but a little know-how will go a really long way in helping you save money and cut down on food waste and just feel less overwhelmed with the idea of cooking at home or eating healthy.
1: Hey, Jessica Ball, nutritionist at Eating Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us and for your professional insights in mindful eating. And we will look for more of your writing at eatingwell.com and at uh, other places online. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Segment four, what's making us happy in food this week? I want to go first. Okay. Okay. What's making me happy is something that makes Mark unhappy. (laughs) Japanese Kewpie mayonnaise. Oh, it is. No,
0: no, 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 no. Well, it's
1: basically like Japanese Miracle Whip. It's sweet. And Mark has been asking me to make this Okonomiyaki, Japanese pancakes with Mm. bonito flakes Mm. and shrimp Mm. and cabbage Mm. and eggs. And you put mayonnaise on top. You You also put Okonomo sauce on top, which is sweet. But the only way to get it really perfect is to use Kewpie mayonnaise because it's sweet. Look, Japanese food is very sweet. And in general, (laughs) it's very sweet. I'm sorry if I've just offended an entire population. Yeah,
0: let's not actually say that. But you're right. You can't make okonomiyaki correctly without using Kewpie mayonnaise. But still, it is just so sweet. And when I was a kid, I grew up with a... I don't know, a southern
1: structural disgust at Miracle Whip and the Miracle <laughs> But it's not Miracle Whip. It's more. It's also eggier. The thing, oh, about, the thing about Kewpie mayonnaise, it's mm, an eggy it's mayonnaise. It's pussier is what it Ew. is. And if you make your own, you use more egg yolks in it. It's more yellow and it's, oh. oh, it's richer. It's yummy. And there's a great Japanese market in Great Barrington near where we live and Shiro and I can get it there and yay.
0: Okay, what's making me happy in food this week is
1: are, our, our,
0: it's a whole thing, our apples. Because we live in the fall in New England, and apples are everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. The orchards are full of them, and they are unbelievable. And I want to say to you, and this is going to sound really nasty, but... <laughs> 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 I want to say that you'll never have a decent apple outside of the upper Midwest and New England. So there you go. Um <laughs> maybe upstate New York. That's not really true. But I have to say that before I moved to Wisconsin and I went to grad school in Wisconsin, I didn't really even really know what apples were. I thought I did.
1: Oh, they were mealy red and green balls in the supermarket oh, that had no taste. I had
0: no interest. You know, of course I grew up in the sixties and seventies, so every hippie was always eating an apple, and I would be looking at these hippies eating apples and thinking what the heck what that thing is gross that you're eating (laughs) then i moved to wisconsin and i found out what real apples are and now i've moved to new england and i found out what real apples are and i don't mean red delicious and golden delicious and all that those are good
1: some people like them
0: No (laughs) ick, I mean winter greening and Rhode Island Reds and golden russets and all the heritage varietals of apples. They are in, they're coming in grandly across the upper parts of the United States. And in Canada, if you're near a supermarket where you can find a great apple, Get your apples now because they are delicious.
1: And that's our episode packed with mindful eating tips, packed with better ways to enjoy your food. <laughs> we talked to a fabulous food nutritionist. We talked about apples. We talked about QP mayonnaise. And if, you, oh, stop it. and if you don't want to miss a single <laughs> one of our brilliant <laughs> conversations on all these great food topics, subscribe to this podcast. Cooking Brilliant?
0: Brilliant, I guess, if my mom says so. Okay, brilliant conversation she has subscribed does your mom to, even listen uh, and i doubt it but subscribe my mother has a flip phone so i <laughs> doubt it um <laughs> subscribe to this podcast and you won't miss a single episode of cooking with bruce and mark